here. My name is Bex and welcome back to Activity Quest, the podcast that's packed with stuff to do. In today's episode, Dan is visiting the Beano exhibition at Somerset House in London. He's getting up close and personal to the comic that's home to Dennis the Menace and more. Also, it's one of my favourites. Uh, I'm going to be telling you how you can get your voice included in a very special radio programme that's going to be sent up into space. And six months after he put them up, we're checking back in with Sam from Solacan, who's telling our very own Adam what results he'll get from his long exposure photography experiment. Okay, so it's a packed show. Let's get down to it, shall we? Every episode of Activity Quest starts with a fun kids presenter doing something awesome. In the past, we've done some rock climbing, we've done archery, we've ridden on trains, we've gone to zoos, aquariums, we've done gaming experiences, football. So much has happened. And today, even more is happening. Dan is finding out all about the history behind one of Britain's biggest comic books, The Beano, at an exhibition that's happening at Somerset House. Today, I have come back to Somerset House. London. It's another chilly day. I'm spending it indoors in the warmth. Not here in London, not quite anyway. I'm headed to Beano Town, having a look at Somerset House's incredible new exhibition, Beano, The Art of Breaking the Rules. It charts the history of the comic, Dennis the Menace, Nasher, everyone in there, and how they break the rules, how they have a lot of fun along the way. They've managed to recreate Beano Town right here and I'm going to walk through the pages of a comic let's go have a look we're with Ali Quine Ali what do you do here for Beano the art of breaking the rules so I'm an exhibitions manager at Somerset House Uh, so the curator Andy Holden developed the uh, concept of the show and I helped bring it to life um, and how it inspired future generations of rebels to create art Ali, we're stood right in front of the official Beano office. At least it looks that way. Tell us a bit more about what we're seeing here. Where are we? So the exhibition's designed to make you feel like you're kind of stepping into the world of Beano. So as you travel through the show, you'll actually experience um, Beano 3D, walking through the Beano office up to the Beano editor's office, um, really exploring the, the, um, the origins of the drawings of the cartoon and um, get to really feel like you're in the pages of the Beano. And just scanning around here, there's so many on the walls. We've got a whole wall dedicated to Dennis and Nasher, kind of through the ages, right from the start. Dennis is in black and white there to his really modern red and black now. Just why do you think the Beano is this huge uh, institution of a comic that we've loved for, you know, decades, decades and decades? I mean, I think it's, it speaks to people of all generations who perhaps feel obliged to live, you know, d- their daily lives in a very s- controlled and sensible way. But actually, we all have a bit of a rebel inside of us. And it's, it's kind of a safe way to feel a little bit naughty and have a bit, a bit of a cheeky side without actually getting in trouble. Um, so it really gives kids that sort of platform for exploring perhaps the, the sides of them that the teachers tell them to put away when actually... A bit of fun never did anyone any harm, so. Ali, all around us and every spare space of wall, pretty much, are comics, comic strips. Have we seen these before? Are they individual to the show? So there's actually a series of comics uh, run, running through the exhibition that are called Meta Comics. 
and they've been specially drawn for the show by uh, legendary Beano artist Nigel Parkinson. The, <laughs> the exhibition is actually drawn in the comic, so you're almost experiencing it live as a cartoon, like in the moment while you're in the galleries. We've come upstairs into the Beano office, the editor's office, faced with a, what looks like a tiny version of Beano Town. Is that what it is, Ali? Yeah, so we actually have a number of commissions in the exhibition. So commissions are sort of artworks made specially for the show. Some of them are by artists, some of them are by creators and sculptors. This particular one is a sort of miniature architecture's model, if you will, of Beano Town that was... Um, painstakingly constructed um, <laughs> based on drawings provided by the Beano Studios. So you can spot all your favourite locations that you will have read about in the comic pages, including we've got Whiddle, which is um, <laughs> the hilarious Beano Town supermarket. Um, so you can spot all your favourite places. Ali, I need to be a bit quiet now. People are concentrating. We've walked into like an incredible art studio here and there looks to be an arty game. People are shooting a very famous screen painting. Tell us more about this. Yeah, so um, up the stairs in the middle of the gallery, you'll find the Bemoma Bino Museum of Modern Art. This is a space where we've um, put together a number of artworks that kind of explore the themes of Bino, but in a very classic uh, exhibition environment. Obviously for kids, introduced a um, video game that kids can play, where they playfully <laughs> shoot tomatoes and other vegetation at um, classic artworks so if they're tempted to touch artworks in the galleries they have somewhere else to let off some steam it's what it's all about you said there's it's it's the art of breaking the rules there's always a little bit of time for rule breaking and being a rebel and i guess this is the ultimate thing uh, I, I don't know much about art can you see this what they're trying to splat it appears to be some sort of historical vase um, there's a mixture of sort of paintings that you might recognise, like the Scream, but there's also some um, sort of generic, you know, period vases that perhaps the copyright holders would have allowed and others not so, not so much. Ali, you've brought me to the Beano's record dealer, the, the record shop for Beano Town. Loving the music, tell us more. Yeah, so if you're a sort of South London resident, you might remember the Beano's record store in Croydon. It's been passionately sort of <laughs> created a curation here by Bob Stanley of um, records that are sort of inspired by the themes of Beano. So you've got your rebel music, you've got your, your punk, your dance. Um, so people can come along and have a scroll through and find some tunes to play while they're having a browse around. I need to point out the artwork on the wall in here. It's old Beano version of classic records this is something that your mum and dad will actually go for you've got the brian eno uh beano the brian eno beano i've just got the pun <laughs> this, is, um, this is part of the curator andy holden's passion for the show is actually going through pages and like he had stacks and stacks of comics like trying to find the perfect images for each theme of the show so you'll find all sorts of um works relating to music that your average Joe would never have found on the pages um, from their own collection. Can I just talk more about curating? Yeah. What does that involve? So the, the benefit of Andy Holden working on this project is he's actually an artist in his own right. So he has both the artistic eye of how a show should be for visitors, but also the, the scope of knowledge and historical experience working in the arts to actually understand what makes up a good show. Um, it also really helped that he's a lifelong hardcore Beano fan, so he had p both the knowledge and the experience to draw together a really enjoyable show. 
Um, I mean, this has been years in the making. He started doing research for the show um, pre-COVID, pre spent a lot of time working with the Beano Archive, which is up in Dundee, drawing out these never-before-seen comics, um, which you can see in the show, um, but also reaching out to different artists that fit the, the themes of the show. It's, it's a long process, but he's, he's pulled it off really well. Thanks, Dan. God, I always used to love picking up the Beano. When it's time to get out and enjoy some fresh air, check out a forestry England forest. Head to the deep, dark wood to discover orienteering trails and giant gruffalo sculptures. Plus, there's even an augmented reality app. There are Forestry England sites all over the country, and most of them are free to use. You just might have to pay for parking. ForestryEngland.uk is the place to find your nearest. I'm quite fond of Mallard's Pike, which is in the Forest of Dean. Knock down some pins and beat your friends and family in a game of bowling. There are bowling centres all over the country. One of them is Worcester Bowl. Book online for a family deal. One hour's just 20 quid. They also host birthday parties and more. Plus, there's even food. Worcesterbowl.co.uk is the place to find out more. And how do you fancy chucking yourself out of an aeroplane? OK, that might be a bit dangerous. But you can get the experience of skydiving, where people throw themselves out of planes with parachutes on their back, at iFly. There are iFly centres across the country. One of them is in Basingstoke. It's indoor skydiving. Experience the feeling of true freefall in a vertical wind tunnel. You can do tricks and even earn your wings, where you take courses in how to skydive. iFlyWorld.co.uk is the place to book and find your local centre. Thank you to Adam. We're going to hear from Adam again in a bit when he tells us all about a very exciting experiment that is six months in the making. First, though, I've got something of my own to tell you about. Take a listen to this. February 14th, we're sending a message to space. A signal. A radio programme. It'll go through the universe and last until the end of time. It literally lasts forever. forever. But we need your help. We need you. We're going to send you to space. Your voice. Your thoughts. Your feelings. What does it mean to be you? Who are you? What do you do? What do you love? What sports do you play? What food do you eat? What lessons do you like? We're collecting your voices and we're sending them to space. Forever. It'll last for billions of years. And we need you to get involved. It's called Mission Transmission. Fun Kids Mission Transmission. Go right now. Right now. Go and do it. The Fun Kids website. Funkidslive.com. 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 And send us your messages. What would you say to aliens? Are there any of you on Earth disguised as humans? Are we alone in the universe? How do you make your stuff and like build your spaceships? Are you truly green? Send us your messages now. You have until February 10th. But don't delay. The rocket ship is filling up. We're picking the best ones and we're making them into a radio programme. It's never been done before. You don't want to miss this. Fun Kids Mission Transmission. Send us your voice and we'll send you to space. Funkidslive.com Whoa, 
world. Pretty good, right? So you might have heard on the Fun Kids Breakfast Show with Sean and Robot last Tuesday that we have got this big new project where we are sending your voices into space. It's called Mission Transmission and it's a record-breaking, history-making show that we're putting together at Fun Kids and you could be part of it. All you need to do is head to the Fun Kids website, that is funkidslive.com, and use our very fancy record a message page. It is so, so easy. Uh, first, just head to funkidslive.com and click send your voice to space. There are some very simple instructions, and then you'll see a big red record button. Tap it, and it'll just start recording your voice. When you're ready, go to the next question, and there are just four, so don't you worry. The four questions are, who are you? What do you love? What would you like to be when you're older? And do you have anything you'd like to say to aliens? Then you're done. So we're listening to every single message that we get sent and we're going to edit it down. The very best will be in a radio programme that will be sent into the stars from the Royal Observatory Greenwich on February the 14th, 2022. It's a pretty huge experiment. It's history-making and record-breaking. And your voice could be the very first thing an alien hears. Uh, Speaking of experiments, Adam has been working on something sort of space-themed too. Solar can is uh, a camera, an extreme time exposure camera capable of capturing the path of the sun over days, weeks, months or years. But what makes it really unusual is it looks like a a soda can. It looks like a, a, a drink, but it's not. It's a camera, a real one. Now, I tried solar can myself. I'm going to explain to you the images that I got in just a moment. I got two really good ones. I really love them. But before I tell you about them, Sam, how does solar can work? Well, it's a very simple process. It uses uh, a technique called solography in photography, uh, where you take photographic paper and you let the sun solarize that photographic paper. But we can control that solarization with something called a pinhole, which is... Uh, a, a type of lens in photography that you'll no doubt have heard from of uh, that is just a tiny pinhole in the side of the camera which is the solar can in this case uh, so it works by placing the solar can out in the direction of the sun and leaving it there for days weeks months or even years and as the sun passes through the sky a searing light will pass through that pinhole and burn a line across the photographic paper that's contained inside. And that is simply how the whole thing works, but solar cans are meant to take some of the the, the fear and the anxiety of making a camera yourself away from away from someone who wants to try it out and, and try a new experiment. I think it's this perfect blend of art and science with a little bit of magic sprinkled in too. Now, perhaps a listener has popped up their solar cam when they heard us chat six months ago. This is a reminder that it's now probably time to go and take it down. But tell us what the process is like when somebody's finished with their solar cam. What do they do? They've got it off the lamppost or the fence post and it's in their hand. What are they doing with it? Oh, great question. So when, when you put it up, that's the easy part. So sticking it up is a piece of cake. Uh, you pop it up, as you say, on a fence post or a lamp post or somewhere in your garden or your, or your windowsill, and you remove the black tab. And that's it. You're done. You let the sun and the solar can do the magic. But after, which is the point you're at, six months later, perhaps, which is a pretty much an optimal time, uh, taking it down is when the real hard work starts. So it's not that really hard. 
Okay, let's go and do this. This is going to be incredibly embarrassing because I've put it up in a high location, which involves scaling some railings. Don't do this at home. This camera's been sat here through wind, rain, snow, sleep, hail, and there we go. Okay. Uh, you take it indoors, away from the direct sunlight, so uh, ideally in the evening, uh, under normal house bulbs or house lights, and you get a can opener that you use, use to e- open baked bean tins, etc., that sort of thing, and you use it on the lid of the soda can. can's a little bit mucky. That's to be expected. The can has sat outside for an incredibly long period of time and it has been exposed to all of the elements. Uh, it's now time to grab a can opener and basically open it like you would an ordinary can. And providing everything's well with your can opener, it'll come off very smoothly and very nicely around the top, uh, providing you, you take it off properly. And inside you'll find a piece of photographic paper. You unclip the two clips that are in there and pull out the photographic paper and there you'll see some discoloration on this piece of paper and some lines across it and you'll start to see the, cer- the first uh, signs of the results that your soda can uh, captured something that's really unusual and surreal and strange which is the sun's path passing through the sky inside wow inside we have an image now always make sure whenever you're doing this you have the help of a grown-up because the edge of this can is fairly sharp and also you will need tools to be able to retrieve your can you're going to need uh, a can opener for a start you also need some pliers to cut the um, cable ties maybe even a knife so always get the help of a grown-up and just poking my finger here being very careful of the edge a pair of tweezers definitely helps I'm going to use my pair of pliers unhook the image and pull it out wow and there is my photo a gorgeous image actually but we're not done just yet Uh, the next part is the digitization of that and how would you do that you do it with a scanner or a camera. Some people use their phone cameras, some people use uh, a high-resolution computer scanner. But you just take a copy of that and you scan it. Even though it's photographic paper, a lot of photographers get confused here and they say, but extra light will go on it. It will be okay. One run-through with the scanner will be fine. And uh, then you put the piece of paper away in the dark so you can keep it for safekeeping should you ever want to revisit it. And with the digital image that you've created, you take it into some software like Photoshop or Lightroom or GIMP or any other myriad of different bits of software because all you need to really do is invert it. Now, invert means turn the blacks to whites and the whites to blacks or just invert all the colors and then your magical image will be created and you can start studying and looking at your your solar can image. So the very first thing that I need to do to this image is (laughs) make sure it displays the correct way. So I'm going to rotate it like that. That's lovely. I'm then going to invert it 
boom and there we have it that is my image okay now i did just that and i've got two really great images that i'm going to tell you about the first is of my back garden and i can see the arch of the sun in the sky over the past few months getting lower and lower as we came into winter and i can also see a silhouette of this rotting big chunky railway sleeper fence post too the second I placed in a city. And again, I can see the arch of the sun across the sky. But I think because of all the cars that are parked on the road, the image is a lot clearer. So I can see more. I can see like blurred lines of where the cars are. I also tie wrapped it to a lamppost and uh, the lamppost is rather wobbly. And so it's made those sun lines sort of blur together in a really nice way. I am really happy with my two images. In fact, you can see them right now on the Fun Kids website at funkidslive.com. But I think the really great thing, Sam, about SolarCan is that there are no right or wrong results. Yeah, that's correct. Well done. Uh, I've not seen these yet so i look forward to heading over after we finish this this talk and having a look i'm very excited about it uh, and that is right SolarCan is essentially a camera but it's probably more considered an experiment so everything every every solar can that gets used is an experiment by that person at that location capturing uh, that part of the sun and that's exactly what you've done here. So you've taken two experiments, one of your backyard and one of a city, very, very different places, but you've still received uh, or generated the same kind of result capturing the sun, but you're able to read back these images. So you can look at your, your, your garden one and you've already found your railway sleeper that is uh, propped up somewhere and you've had a look at the city one and you've noticed there's a bit of the blur in the lines and by reading back through the image and seeing that you thought ha ah, that's probably because the lamppost is a little bit sh shaky uh, and you've also noticed that the cars that pass through the city uh, are maybe lit up a bit more because they're very reflective cars are just naturally naturally that's a funny word to use for cars are naturally more reflective uh, and will occasionally capture bits of or sparkles of sun we like to call them especially moving cars uh, that are maybe moving slowly in traffic uh, cause things called sparkles at the bottom of the image so it'll be interesting to see what yours looks like but yes uh, even the ones that people think oh this has failed it's not worked it's not the image i imagined it, it still worked it's an experiment you're able to read back through the image and find out what happened and you'll be able to learn something in the process. The whole light bulb moment is meant to happen when you, uh, you invert the image and you see the image for the first time and suddenly you learn a bit more about the, how the world works, how optics work, how astronomy works, how the sun passes through the sky, uh, how cameras work and photography. And it's meant to be a real light bulb moment for people. So I'm really glad, uh, if I'm reading this correctly, that you've experienced that too. Absolutely. This is something that I think everybody should go and try at least once. And if someone's listening to this and they do want to give it a go themselves, how do they go about doing that? Easy peasy. Solarcan.co.uk. Place an order. They're, they're extremely low priced and uh, we'll ship them out next day for you or same day in some cases big thank you to Adam that does sound pretty awesome uh, like you said funkidslive.com is the place to see those images where you can also send your voice to space do not forget about that it is massive 
All right, I think that wraps up episode one of 2022, season six of Activity Quest, and it has started with a bang. But remember, there's loads of episodes of Activity Quest that you can go back and listen to anytime you like. If you're after some more suggestions, just scroll back in your podcast app and pick an episode you fancy. You could listen to the episode where Adam chats to Sam from six months ago if you like. Whatever you do, and however you do it, tell us at funkidslive.com slash activityquest. And remember to rate, review, and follow this podcast wherever it is you're listening to it. We're going to read out your reviews on the programme next week, so get them in and get involved. I'm Bex, and this has been a podcast from the UK's children's radio station, Fun Kids. Listen to me on your DAB digital radio, online, on the free Fun Kids mobile app, and on your smart speaker. Just say, play Fun Kids, every weekday from 4pm. See ya. The Space Programme is a Baffle Gab production for the UK's children's radio station, Fun Kids. You can listen to Fun Kids all day on your DAB digital radio, on your smart speaker by saying play Fun Kids, and on the free Fun Kids mobile app. You can also listen online and play loads of games, quizzes, as well as find out the latest news at funkidslive.com.